Hi, I'm Andras Jones, and I'd like to let you know about a little show we're doing in L.A. the week this episode with Bloody Death Skull comes out. On Thursday, January 11th, I'll be hosting a night of music at The Cinema Bar at 3967 Sepulveda Boulevard in Culver City. We'll be celebrating the unofficial soft release of the new Radio 8 Ball app with a night of music from several songwriters that fans of Radio 8 Ball already know and love. Folks like Colleen Green... Davenport. For the sensitive, it's so hard to live, and the callous all succeed. Take a look around at this world I've found, like a lost work of thee. It's a grown up time for me. And Cooper Walker's band, Walker and Company, featuring keyboardist Marshall Thompson. as well as Myrna, Bloody Death Skull, and other surprise guests. I'll be starting things off with a set of my own songs at 8pm, so don't be late, and the whole thing is free, and 21 and over. That's Thursday, January 11th, at the Cinema Bar in Culver City, California. And now, let the musical divination begin. But I just keep running on. This is Daniel Pinchbeck, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, and we're here in the studio with Bloody Death Skull. Yeah. Providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And now I'd like to welcome the return of one of our favorite guests over the history of the show, someone who was a uh, sort of an on-and-off co-host on a version of the show we did in Seattle and also was my Kabbalah teacher for a few glorious seasons in 2008. And she is Dr. Teresa Bullard. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Thank you, Andras. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. So what have you been up to? Uh, still, te- You're still teaching Kabbalah, right? I am still teaching Kabbalah and traveling internationally and, and also around the United States teaching Kabbalah with the Modern Mystery School, as well as uh, helping run a center in Los Angeles called Mysterium Center. Wonderful. Yeah. And for those of you who are thinking... 
that, well, that sounds like some sort of woo-woo kind of thing, new age kind of thing. (laughs) You are also, you have a background in the hard sciences as well. I do. I have a PhD in physics. And, uh, you know, honestly, the mystery school is not, I mean, it might be a little woo, but it's not new age because it's it's ancient. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's ancient mystery teachings and wisdom and... It's very, actually very practical and very grounded, uh, very grounded spirituality. And I've been in crisis ever since I did it. No, <laughs> but I, I've been aware of when, my, when I'm in crisis, maybe better than I was before. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're doing right now that you'd like to let our audience know before we get into your question? You know, uh, I'm, I'm about to launch a new website and it's just under my name, TeresaBullard.com, mm-hmm. Teresa with an H. And uh, yeah, it's all about you know these this five step process for how to really expand into creating your ultimate life, and it's really about the tools that will help you turn on your potential, accelerate your progression, expand uh, your capacity so you can handle more, so you can accomplish more, and really get more connected into the core self and uh, advance to greater self mastery and really manifest the kind of life you want to live. So it's a five-step process, and it's pretty amazing. It's a journey, as you've experienced some of it. It's a journey. But, uh, you know, it's amazing every time I I see the transformation in people, and it's definitely my my joy to share that with the world. And I can just say from personal experience, if I was listening and I heard a lot of those words that you were saying, the cynic in me would be like, yeah. (laughs) But I'm telling you, the the cynic in me went to these classes. It was part of this, and I saw... And experienced some things that I, you know, all I can say is that there, I experienced some energetic things that happened that were corroborated by my own experience and by the experience of other people who I participated in this with. And I still don't really understand it. I can't say that I've devoted myself to developing the mastery that this school offers. But what I, my little, my my toe dip into it is still, uh, is still serving me. So... That's my endorsement of Teresa and her work. Thank you. So what is your question for the Pop Oracle? You know, um, I I just, I've been thinking about this the whole drive up here and had a lot of time to think about it, but there's only one question that keeps coming up and it's really more like, you know, there's so much going on in the world in the last couple years and this last year is just crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy in so many ways. And, um, you know, the, it's not helped at all by the media. You know, there's so much distraction and and drama and, you know, people getting pulled into this drama and that drama. And, you know, uh, I think my question is we're, we're heading into a new year and I always like to have intention about that new year and clarity around, well, what, what are the themes? You know, what should we be focusing on to make the most of the new year? Um, because, you know, in Kabbalah, we work a lot with numerology. And there's a whole new numerology coming with each new year and a whole new archetypal energy or overlay of frequency that comes in. So I have my own ideas from based on what the Kabbalah might say about it. But I want to know what the Pop Oracle has to say about what is recommended for people to be focusing on for the new year at 2018 in order to make the most of it rather than getting sucked into all the drama. So rather than adding to the drama, what can we do to really make the most of it for ourselves? What should we be focusing on going into the new year 
not to necessarily add to the drama, but to focus on for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now to engage the pop oracle, you get to spin the wheel of eight. Here we go. Na, 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 na. We love it. And your song is song number one, Girls Like You, or Girls Like You depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> okay. Like you or girls like you? Both. Okay. Girls uh, girls like you as the answer to Dr. Teresa Bullard's question of what we should be looking at in the coming year as, as a way to not necessarily just create more drama, but to 
be more, was it grounded in ourselves? Was that we? Whatever it is we need to do for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah. yeah. I think the main message of this song is about giving love, true love. And I think that the more love that you can put out into the world, the better not only you make your surroundings, but the better you will feel about yourself and who you are and what you do. So I think that that it makes sense. Well, what were you thinking when you wrote this song? I was thinking I'd had a lot of whiskey. (laughs) <laughs> and um, the whole thing just came right out in one take. I never, I never changed a single word. We just, pl- I played it, and um, I think that uh, I have a mild obsession with prostitutes and prison. And in this song, that theme came out. Um, and so, also, just I don't know, like wanting to give love, and um, I just wanted to make a love song. And it's really whenever I I think I dedicate that song to all women in all professions. And sometimes I say that I'm like, this is to anyone who's like hustling and doing what they have to do um, as a woman in this world. Interesting. All right. So, uh, uh, Dr. Teresa Bullard, what do you think about that? There's so many different things in this song. Um, so it it struck a couple things. The first thing that that struck me was definitely the the love, you know, love I love you. Um and also even just the number 1, right? So number 1 is usually about the self in in Kabbalah, it's the numerology and it's connecting into your deeper self. So loving the self, what you just said, um was one of the first things that struck me and then being able to kind of, you know, you're talking about loving and loving a prostitute here, and it's almost like unconditional, you know, that even if somebody's doing something that others might call bad or judge, you know, to just love regardless, you know, and to love unconditionally. And so to maybe accept, you know, bring a lot more acceptance into our interactions with other people. And then the other thing that really stood out to me was, um, you know, doing what you have to do to uh, focus on getting your money, you know, like to to uh like grow your grow your wealth or you know even whether it's survival or whether it's thrival right to to continue to focus on what you can do for yourself and whatever it is you got to do to do it well it's really interesting because um when bart who recommended you was on the show i asked a question my question at the beginning was about uh, it was right after as the harvey weinstein stuff was coming out and i was talking about how uh, like basically how uh, men can uh, f- sort of tap into what a, where their 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 feminine side is to try and really grasp what's going on in this that the it wasn't even we weren't even calling it me too but the include the inclusivity of that and the song that came up was a song called blue motel which i interpreted as being about the archetype of the prostitute mm. which is all about as I've read it, is about having good boundaries and taking care of yourself and valuing your work and valuing what you, your time. Be, you know, you going into situations and saying, "This is who I am. This is what my value is. This is what it. This is what it's worth," and not just giving it away. Because I, like my experience as an artist, is that I'm constantly giving myself away. Totally. I, it's very hard for me to ask for someone to pay me for my work, and at the same time, I get that that. <laughs> That's a, a that's not a very sustainable way to go about building anything. And so I've act, when I heard this, it was from Carolyn Mace and her work on the different art on I think it's the four archetypes. And 
going full on new age here. And, <laughs> and I, when I listened to this book, a book on tape, I was driving around listening to this and all the other archetypes. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. Oh, this one of the prostitute. I have, I am the worst at this. This is my weakest archetype. So since then, I've been, I've been working to try and cultivate that. Um, I'm, I'm very curious about your obsession with the pro, with prostitutes. Cause I have, I've, I've like, I've written about, I've dated women who, who are, who work in that field of the more on the sort of sacred sexuality side of it, but it's still valuing your time and your work and offering yourself in that way. So I'm kind of curious what it is that your obsession is with that. Um, you know, it's a mysterious thing. I often wonder about it, but I could probably think of a million ways that it makes sense for it to be present in my mind. One is on a symbolic level, just like all those things you just talk about, about like knowing your worth, getting paid for what you do. That's one side. Two, a sort of curiosity and fear of the sort of extremes of sexuality um, and what is the need of the man? What is the service of the woman? It's something that dates back to biblical times. Um, there's just it's 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 one of the most it, it's like the oldest job in the world. It's been around forever, and like it kind of makes me question. Well, what does that mean about us? Like, why do we need that? And like, and then also like we're taught to you know that our sex, our virginity or whatever, it's such a precious thing that, like, you have to, like, treat with such, you know, reverence. And then let's say you lost your virginity in a not perfect Prince Charming way or, like, let's say you do have a bad sexual encounter at some point in your life. It's like, is that supposed to destroy you, you know, because it's this little pearl? Mm -hmm. Then on the other end, there's, you know, prostitution and the sex trade and... I don't know. I, it just I'll go around in circles about it. Well, uh, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a huge topic, and I think that uh, I want to come back. To, well, what do you think about that? Well, the, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. There's a lot there. What as, as far as the archetype of the prosti- the prostitute in terms of how it relates to your question. Uh, well, I think that this idea of not prostituting yourself, like don't give yourself. But if you want to, it's okay. No, prostitute yourself. Don't not get don't, paid don't, for don't, it. Don't, don't be a don't yeah. Make, don't be, be a slave, slave to somebody. Yeah. And and um, but but love when you want to know and and assert your value, you got to love yourself. You got to right. see that you're worthy, right? So there's something still about that, you know, boundaries. Yes, um, but there's also that honoring of oneself in order to really assert your value, right? And in anything, you know, like let's take it out of the sex trade for a moment and right. put it into just anything that we do in life when we're really trying to do what we want to do, do what we love, and yet that also brings in money. You know, so many people work a job, but they don't love it, right? right? And they do it for the money, but they don't love it. And then there are other people who do what they love, but they maybe don't feel like they can make the money at it. And so they're always struggling. But, you know, we're here, I I believe that we're here to really find what is our passion and our purpose and to live that and to do what you love and be able to flow your abundance, right? And know your, but to do that, you are the one who has to know your value. You're the one who has to assert that and say, you know, this is, this is what it's worth. And this is what, you know, my time's worth is. And I value myself enough to know that, you know, I'm not going to go below a certain bottom line here. Right. 
Yeah. There, um, the other part I was just thinking about it because, again, in the context of this cultural moment that we're in, we actually we had someone on the, the last show who was who was talking about how initially when the Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, she was really really angry just at all men, just fuck them all kind of. And now and now she's experiencing her own backlash where she's like now pissed off at all the me too's of like, wait a second. This is like, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about like, we are at this, especially in terms of this, the question of the song and going into the new year, how do women relate to the prostitute archetype? Because the whole, like we just saw it to, to, this is going to come out in a few weeks, but just today, Donald Trump came out against uh, Senator uh, Kristen Gillibrand with a really sexist tweet about how she was willing to do anything for money, you know, and it, the the tone of it was she used to come to my office and she'd offer to do anything for my money. And that so he's this classic slut shamer there. But at the same time, Kristen Gillibrand was one of the ones who jumped on Al Franken and call for his dismissal in a case that I think a lot of people are saying, you know, there's a manipulation of the Me Too to get to a political end. Yes, we have to believe women, but at the same time, we have to allow the due process to take place. And it also makes me, and all of this is making me think of Handmaid's Tale, which the the nightmare scenario in Handmaid's Tale is pitched to women as a feminist thing in these really negative ways. But if you watch the series, one of the architects of that world is a woman who's standing for women's honor, women's honor, which ends up being a very anti-sex stance. Yeah, but they just took the idea from her and (laughs) closed the door. Right. That's, I think, what we're talking about. What your song brings out is the sense of how do we relate to sexuality? Is it always a threat? Is it a, you know, and I think this is a question for women. Really, it's a question. I can throw it out there, but it's a question that women are going to have to tell us what is, you know, because they haven't, you haven't been leading that conversation in the world up until now, but it seems like it is. And so there's this question of how do women stop slut shaming themselves and each other and address these conversations so that the prostitute doesn't get cut out of the room as the, like the, the other three archetypes are allowed in, but the prostitute gets shunned. And I don't like, I don't really like the the bottom of the show is questions answered answers questions. So I don't (laughs) know what the answer is, but this brings up, huge questions that may even be answered in some ways by the time this comes out. But yeah, you were so, say. I mean, the the whole Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein, and you know, but that was just, I mean, the Harvey Weinstein thing was just the tip. snowflake on the tip <laughs> of the iceberg and the domino effect has started, you know, with all of this. Yeah. And what's unfortunate, I find, I mean, it's good that it's coming out because this has been an ill in the human race as yeah. a whole. You know, this isn't a this isn't a women's issue. This is a human's issue. Absolutely. And so it's good that it's being brought to the surface and being addressed, but everybody's in reaction to it and like overreaction to it, unfortunately. And now all these little things that were done are being dragged up from the past, accused and labeled as sexual harassment, which might not have been. Some of it might have been, some of it might not have been. And it's just like everybody's going into this extreme reaction to it, which is unfortunate because one of the things that I found is that as you 
as you start to go back and revisit those traumas of the past and those things that haven't been resolved, and you start reliving the story in your head and retelling the story, you're actually re-traumatizing yourself in the process. And it drags up all those old emotions that were buried that hadn't been healed, right? And then they want somebody, as they're, as they're feeling that, they want somebody to blame. They want somebody that they can take that all that repressed anger out on. They want somebody that, you know, they can just throw it at. And that's what's unfortunately happening right now is all this attack that's happening. You know, mm-hmm. men, women are attacking men across the board about it. I mean, I've even heard some men who just opened up a door for a woman and a woman said, what are you doing? You're disempowering women by doing that. It's that's like, absurd. whoa, it's totally absurd. There's a line. <laughs> There's, and at this, and, but that's, see, I'm coming, from, that's I'm coming at it from a different, like, as a guy who's grown up around ang- angry feminists my whole life. And so there's, I have a certain attention for angry feminism and that sense of like, it might be over the top, but it's over the top because it's coming out of thousands of like such, like I look at a lot of the people I live around, I have a lot of love for them, but I feel like a lot of them are just basically walking around with PTSD. And so when a bomb, when a, when someone, when a car backfires next to someone, a soldier who has PTSD and they go into battle mode, we don't say, well, maybe we do criminalize them and if we're not paying attention, if we don't know the context of what's going on. And I feel like the same way when a woman gets mad at me for something that seems like a really small thing, I'm like, well, what else is going what else is going on for this person that they're mad at me for opening a door? And do I need to take it personally or can I just be like, wow, that's probably, you know, that someone's got PTSD. And you know what? Absolutely. Like yeah. Open your own door. It's totally cool. You know, when the Me Too thing started out on Facebook, it was like, <laughs> you know, we I knew we were at a moment. You know, we had this opportunity, yeah. this historic moment that could happen that could be healing or it could be really devastating. And it could be healing if we can take it and say, OK, it's time for us to really take these skeletons out of the closet and look at them and move past it rather than continuing to re-traumatize with it. And, you know, if, if we took it and we healed and we looked at the issues and addressed them in more responsible ways, we can really move past and start finding better ways to relate to each other, mm-hmm. you know, as men and women, as women and women, men and men, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a, you know, men and women kind of issue. This is happening all across the board and how we relate to each other and whether or not there's a core level of respect, right? And, and honoring of, of um, life force energy, right. you know, whether it's sexual energy or whether it's just, you know, attention or, you know, some kind of life force energy, there's got to be a, a respect there. And this goes back again to, do you value yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you don't value yourself, you're going to need to you're going to feel like something's missing inside. You're going to need to grab that from somebody else somehow. Right. Right. So, so, you know, as I come back to the song here, it's like, if you're stronger, you can make it through, you know? So I think that there's going to be a lot more of this in the coming year. Yeah. But if you as an individual become stronger, you can make it through a lot of those ups and downs Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and coming back to that love, right. Loving, loving yourself, loving your, your, the people that are in your lives. And uh, yeah, it's really important to, shift the way that we're doing this because otherwise we're just going to keep re-traumatizing and blaming yeah. you know all the blame it's like we, we can't just keep blaming and, and and trying to find somebody who we can make pay for it yeah you just it, the problem is also it's like people use these ideas both as weapons and shields and it might not be a gun or a knife but or or, or a cinder block but if you're using these ideas to like attack 
or, you know, interpret every single thing that happens around you, it's just going to perpetuate the whole, the whole problem. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. pretty wild seeing like 14-year-old stories, you know, coming in and then completely demolishing people right now. I mean, it's, it's, well, it, if the story is with a 14 year old, then probably it should, it should. Yeah, it should. but if the story is 14 <laughs> years old, then there's some question. And they were, you know, yeah, consenting adults who right. <laughs> just didn't know how to say proper boundaries or, you know, so there's a lot of issues. And oh. don't, but don't forget also, there are people who use their power and their position oh, yeah. to sure, intimidate, like, sure. let's, let's make sure that. And that, and that, that is. That's the skeleton, you know, that's the shadow side of humanity that's being really outed right now. But it's really important that we, yeah, we look at that and we say that's not okay, but not then carry that over into all of these right. gray zones, right? And, and making them all be the sa- at the same level, right? right? Well, all I can say is that if we can get through that gray area in under a year, that would be friggin' miracle because we are all (laughs) coming out of like we all have some level of PTSD coming out of this and uh, it's going to be it's it's hopeful and it's certainly hopeful but at the same time I think we have to give ourselves cut ourselves a little bit of slack and be like it's going to be messy it's going to absolutely be messy and uh, I can only say as a man because that's how I come at this guys have you know do some listening have some patience and uh, it might take a long time to listen to this conversation, but it's a good conversation to listen to. And it will make, again, uh, you know, speaking to the masculine, I guess, it'll make you better. It'll make you a better human being being able to to listen to this conversation and deal with the messiness of it. Um, I think we all need to be responsible for ourselves oh, yeah. and our behaviors, right? Men yeah. and women. Yeah. You know, can I just say one more thing? There's um, on the dial, it was song number one. Yeah. And then in the song, there's also this um, 10, you know, doing like it was about having sex 10 times a day. But one and 10 in Kabbalah are the same. You know, one is like the seed. One is the initiating energy. It's the thought. It's the idea that, that originates everything, but it's also the, the core spark of the self. And then 10 is the result. That's the final manifestation of what comes to be. So maybe from a Kabbalistic wisdom perspective, if you want to get really good results, which is the 10 in your new year, you know, it really starts with changing the intent behind uh, what you want to create in the in the new year, So, the, which is the one. So plant good seeds for the new year, and then you might not harvest them next year, but they'll, har- they'll harvest in the, the future years. Right? As above, so below. As above, so below. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the radio.